Yep. Hi, I'm Carolyn. And I'm Bethany. And we are Sisters in Thong. And we are so stoked to welcome fantastic guests. I'm going to read their bio for you. It says, in the heart of Lincoln, Nebraska, the Wildwoods, a folk Americana trio led by Noah and Chloe Ghost, accompanied by bassist Andrew Vigalis, deliver a musical journey through the soul of American roots. With accolades ranging from international songwriting competitions to standing ovations at festivals like Summerfest and Freshgrass, their latest release, Foxfield St. John 2023, solidifies them as a force in the folk scene. And we are so excited We're to so have excited. them here. Thanks for having us, y'all. Can you tell us all what got you interested in playing music and writing your own songs and how did y'all get together? So back at the end of middle school, I, Chloe and I met. And we met through some some mutual friends and we all three of us actually grew up going to a small catholic grade and middle schools where our our mothers taught and chloe went to one school i went to another and so we didn't know each other through through that up until towards the end of i guess eighth grade and then some of the our friends you know, had made friends from the other schools and there was some sort of backyard birthday party going down and Chloe was in the next backyard over with this group of cathedral kids, but I was with the martyrs kids, you know, we were this like, is very eighth grade. Oh yeah. We were, we were like, Oh, what are all these cathedral kids doing in this neighborhood or something like that? I don't remember. I met Chloe. Somebody told me she was a musician and you know, since our schools were kind of small, there weren't a lot of musicians in, in our, our classes, I guess. And so, just hearing that that she played music, I was like, oh, I play music as well. We should play music together. And so I got her phone number and we started texting back and forth. We started meeting up and playing some tunes. And here we are 11 years later. Yeah, we actually found out that we live in this. We lived in the same neighborhood growing up, um, but we went to separate schools because our moms each taught at different schools. So we we were like basically neighbors most of our lives and we didn't even realize it until we finally met. Yeah. And then we met Andy when we went to high school. Um, we did show choir together. Andy was the star of the show choir. And all of this was happening in Nebraska, correct? Yeah, in Lincoln. Yes. Lincoln. Yeah. That's so inspiring to us being from Nebraska too, you know, to see you guys being so successful and, and listening to your awesome music is just an inspiration so to us. So Absolutely. this is Super cool to have you here. Thank you very much. What about music writing? Obviously, you write your own songs. I know you do some covers, but tell us more about the writing. Well, so the writing process, <laughs> I feel weird answering this because Noah writes all of our songs for the Wildwoods. Do you want to tell them about that? Sure. We're, we're in our music dungeon right now, this dark room in the house because all the windows are covered up by sound panels. And mm. for especially for for a lot of our our tunes lately within the last few years you know I'll, I'll usually come up with a demo of some sort with i'll write the 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 chord progression and the the melody and and kind of the the structural harmonies i'll bring it to 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 chloe and then we'll we'll kind of and andy and we'll kind of go go through it and see what uh what needs to change and so it's kind of like i feel like a uh like a journalist that works at a newspaper, you know, the bosses with the big cigars are like, bring me what you got. And then I, Andy I and I them. are the bosses. That's what he's okay. saying. Okay, all right. They're either like, all right, publish, or, you know, back to the drawing board. But then we'll all be at the drawing board, you know, 
yeah, kind, kind of working through. There's definitely creative components to a lot of the music and songs. I would say pretty much all of them start with with you having pretty much the whole thing done, and then we we collaborate on things and see what fits and what doesn't because things always change once we start learning them together or just playing them a lot together. And we've written some songs together. We haven't written any lately, but I'd say what I help on mostly is lyrics rather than like the melodic components of the music. Andy and I have both written songs. Andy writes songs for himself, like solo music too. So he has a lot of great experience songwriting. I've just written a few songs, but. I don't know, it's always kind of different. I feel like yours is the same way where It'll be, you know, a lot of times strumming something and singing gibberish, and then the gibberish becomes actual words. Um, I've been trying lately to, like, write words first and then make the song, which is which takes a lot longer. I'm not, not used to that process, but so it's always weird finding out which ways to, you know, do you cut your sandwich in a triangle or in halves or just at the end of the day you're eating a sandwich i don't know we are have been writing a lot of lyrics and so and we're learning guitar so it's it's neat for us to see people other people's processes yeah. and it kind of seems like you start with the music first most of the time and then the lyrics come is that right well for it, noah yeah i, I think <laughs> it, it's kind of like 40 60 where like 60 percent of the time it's the music first and then maybe 30 or 40 percent of the time it's uh, the lyrics first, which if I have like the lyrics written out, it's I find it much easier to put the music to it versus putting lyrics to music that I have just because lyrics are definitely, I think the, the big, the thing I struggle with the most in, in songwriting. And so I'm always just like fighting myself. Oh, this sounds too cheesy. You know, this just doesn't sound good. There's no story here. What is this song about? It's really about nothing. But But when I'm able to write the lyrics first, you know, it feels, I love, I love writing music. I don't necessarily love writing lyrics, I guess. It's just something I, that goes hand in hand with it, I guess. It's, it's a struggle. I don't know. I think a lot of the time, maybe you wouldn't agree with this, but what I've seen is that you have an, a lyric idea or just like a catchy phrase that you've heard and you've written it down. And then sometimes that can also spark a song oh, yeah. to happen from that even if it's not like a full set of lyrics it's just like just like one line that creates a whole song that's what my my notes app on my phone is full of them <laughs> yeah. I'm, always, I'm always eavesdropping on people do you find that that you guys have always been towards the folk genre or has it kind of morphed from something else or how did you get into the folk and americana style when Noah and I started playing together, obviously we were in middle school and we just wanted to play music together. And we started as actually a rock band. We were we were playing in this program called Academy of Rock that our hometown Lincoln offered. I don't know if they still offer it anymore, but they just kind of put middle school and high school kids together in different bands. And it taught you how to work together and just learn songs together and perform on stage as a group. Cool. And so we were a rock band and we were called Rabbits with Gas Masks. Although we were a rock band, we played like a lot of just like fun pop and like classic rock covers. It wasn't like our name, Rabbits with Gas Masks, sounds a lot more like <laughs> heavy metal type. Yeah. <laughs> we, were, we were like always, I feel like we've always been drawn to folk music in that style. So we felt really out of place playing that kind of music. And we didn't realize it until one day we were just like, I play the violin, you play the acoustic guitar. My brother who was playing with us at the time also played the guitar and 
we were just like, let's just do our own thing and play acoustic music because that's what we're comfortable with. And I think a lot of the the songs that were kind of being written in our, our early years really were were kind of written with that kind of stylistic approach in mind. When we were still in Rabbits with Cast Masks, trying to take those songs and then like turn them into, you know, kind of a rock and roll type of thing just didn't didn't feel like it was was working super well so took the organic route i guess i don't know but an interesting thing worth pointing out to the question that especially as like you know being a third party observer going to high school with these guys and not playing and their band and being like oh yeah these guys write really great folk and like bluegrass songs that's a cool thing and then over the years as like you get to know know them more it's like you see these these string pieces that Noah's arranged or like these kind of like jazz, like kind of funky, really intricate type of arrangements. And then I won't say the name because it's a secret, but he may have a, a hip hop alter ego that is on Spotify <laughs> somewhere, but it's top secret. But I don't I think there's not like a genre that I don't think he can write for. Come on, Andy, come on. <laughs> I think there's a lot of influences from a lot of different genres, even though we classify ourselves as folk. You can definitely hear like jazz influences and and some funk in some of the songs you've done. And I think it really depends on honestly who you're listening to at the time of writing a collection of songs. Our last album that we came out with, someone wrote a review on it, and I think they said that they could tell it sounded a lot like uh, Paul Simon. And you were like, wow, I didn't even really think about that. But I was listening to a lot of Paul Simon when I was writing all these songs. So it happens, I don't know, without you even realizing it. When you play on your own, are would you say you tend more to still stay with the folk and bluegrass? Or are you doing something else? It's all really kind of across the map for me. I would say if I'm like gigging on bass, a lot of times it's it's just happened to be with kind of like in the more like kind of funk kind of genre, but along a lot of my songwriting ends up kind of veering more towards kind of the folk, folk atmosphere. Um, but definitely like there's what Chloe was saying, like a bunch of different influences get dropped in there. Very yeah. much blurs the lines. I'm, I'm somewhere on the Venn diagram. It's kind of tough to say. So have you guys ever written songs for someone else or with someone else and collab or collaborated with another group or individual at all? Definitely have written songs for people. Um, I, w I don't think we've think ever of... collaborated though. Not, not, not on an original song. We, uh, we've done a couple songs for this, like sing me a story thing, which is uh, not exactly certain what kind of, thing it is but it's I, uh, well, it's like little kids they write they write their own story so yes. they create their own fictional story and the company they hire out or i mean when we did it we just did it as a volunteer but they hire out songwriters to write music behind the children's story so that they can yeah. have a song to what mm -hmm. they wrote um, so I guess that's kind of like a collaborative thing too, because wow. it was inspired by the children's story. But yeah. you're you're currently working on songs for one of our fans just reached out to us, and he had the lyrics and the basic melody of the song down. Um, but he said himself he's not very musical, so he just doesn't know how to write the song and finish the song. So Noah's working on 
turning the little voice memos that he sent you into actual songs and then we're going to record them and send them back to him. Speaking of current projects, can you tell us more about current projects you may be working on right now? Yes. Coming up in March, uh, we're going to be recording um, a new album, which we've been, we kind of finished up our, our, our touring season a couple weeks ago. And so from, from then up until, till March, we're really going to be spending a lot of time working on these, these new songs. And the guy that we, we record all of our stuff with in Omaha, his name is, uh, Ben Brodeen. He's moving to, to LA and he's really the only person that we've ever done an album with. And so, um, he's been know, working with us since we were like 15 or 16, some, something like that. And so, mm-hmm. uh, we've been working on a bunch of songs that we haven't perfor- been performing live. And so when I heard that he was, and it was kind of in the back of my mind that, that I really wanted to do a, a new album early 2024. I didn't really think about, you know, booking the dates and then really, you know, working on the songs, you know, approaching, approaching the dates. I thought we would get the songs down really well first and then book the dates. But I think I honestly feel like having the pressure of these dates coming up is (laughs) might be the better way to do it. Um, But, you know, our last our last album that we released back in February of this year had kind of a, a really big sound to it. You know, there's. There's, uh, of course, the three of us on it, but then there's drums, there's cello, there's organ, there's piano, and just kind of a multitude of, of different layers happening throughout the album, which we're all, we're all very proud of, of that album, but it doesn't 100% translate to how we perform those songs live, which a lot of artists do that nowadays. A lot of our, you know, artists that we, we love and listen to all the time when we see them play live, the songs are stripped down versions are very different from what's, what's on the album, which. I definitely appreciate, but I think for this next album, we would really like it to be more, more kind of stripped down and more kind of true to what we do live, which I was going to say, it's really interesting that that album became that because we started recording it kind of during an experimental period with our band, like Noah and I, and I feel like COVID was the initial spark of all of this happening we were performing primarily as a duo for a while and then we graduated college and started touring just the two of us but we would sometimes play with other people like andy or or our cellist or drums but not always with our full band the full band conglomeration that we had with like six people we kind of stopped really performing that way so i think the reason why we had extra instruments on the last album that we did is because we were just honestly on the music experimenting with it anyway when we were performing to see what it would be like and i think but now that we are full-time as the three of us it seems a lot more solid to to go into the studio now and do something that is really like real to what we do most most of those songs on that album were written in like 2020 or early 2021 but i think since then we've we've really just because this year we've toured toured more than we we ever have and I think we've really kind of found our sound, I guess. I don't know which, I think I've thought that same thing for every single album we've done, it's always but evolving. it feels, it's always evolving, but it feels more, it feels much stronger now that we've, we've been able to, to gain a much, much better, better following than we've, we've ever had. And so just kind of knowing what people, not that we're writing to please the people, but just seeing what we write that kind of resonates 
the most with people, I think gives us a good, good direction of yes. where we want to go. Yeah. What do you think was your favorite place on the tour this year? And don't say West Virginia, because I heard your story about that. <laughs> From this year, mine was probably a place called E-Town in Boulder, Colorado. It's, it was a really neat venue and a lot of our, our musical heroes had played there priorly and we were able to go over there and have a pretty good turnout in a different state, which always feels good. You know, when we're able to do that in all these different places and that place, especially going in, it was like, I didn't want my, myself to get my hopes up. So I'm like, I don't know, you know, you never know what it's going to be like, but having a great turnout, I thought we sounded good. There's so many favorites. I, it's hard for me to choose. I feel like my favorite region that we've been to so far is the Northeast. And on this past tour, I don't even know if this is my favorite, but this is the like the most recent that was my favorite. We played this house concert in New York and it was called the Timber House Concerts. And this couple, they put on their house shows, so they're in their house, but it's basically like a real venue because they sell tickets to the show and it's such a beautiful setting to play in. They have like an upper loft in their house overlooking the living room where we were playing. So it was just like very cozy. Everyone was so friendly and happy and just, I don't know, a great night all around. So just good vibes all around, I think. I think my favorite though was probably uh, back in September, we played uh, at this festival in massachusetts called fresh grass and it was the first festival that we've ever played at where we were kind of like among kind of like some of our, our favorite artists and we were like walking around with like we tried to sneak like we had these artist passes and we, we were trying to like sneak backstage to watch uh ifo <laughs> donovan's sound check and she's like one of our favorite favorite artists you know of all time out there and so uh we were kind of like sneaking and I like had to tell there was till I I saw the security and I was like, I I left my capo backstage, and he was like, Yeah, Andy and I were like, let's just walk in and act like we're meant to be there. And then Noah immediately got scared got, and had to make an just excuse. So we've, we've never we've never we've never done something like that before. And so I was I was like, Yeah, I think I forgot my capo. And the guy was like, Dude, you have a, you have an artist pass. You can go anywhere. You're supposed oh, to be there. I, was, I, was I like, am an artist. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, I know, I know, I know. I'm just. I'm, and so we just sat backstage and and ran into so many people that we like knew, like didn't actually know personally, but just like knew. So many people of, that we look up to yeah, musically. Yeah, for sure. So now I have to ask about the West Virginia story. Unfortunately, <laughs> did not get to be there for the show in Omaha this time. So that was back in 2021. It was the first time we had ever been to West Virginia. Yes, and we were... And it was just Noah and I on this tour, because this was when we were touring as a duo. So thank goodness Andy didn't have to experience this. We had played in Columbus, Ohio on a Sunday, and we had to get to Richmond, Virginia the following Wednesday. So we'd never been to West Virginia before, but we kind of had to drive drive through part of West Virginia to get there. And so we decided, you know, we were driving, and I was like, oh, I'm feeling a little hungry. I'm going to call up this place in this next town and ask if we can have some chicken wings in exchange for playing some music. Because back then, since it was kind of like our first like nationwide tour, we weren't make, definitely not making very much money at all of our, our gigs. You know, everything was just kind of break, breaking even. And so we were trying to do everything as, as, as we still kind of try to do things as cheaply as possible. Back then it was like Mr. Krabs style. 
this place agreed. We went there. It was, it was very, very odd little town. I don't even remember what the name of the town was. Well, uh, the bouncer that was outside of the venue when we pulled up, because we travel, sometimes still travel in our 20 foot camper. So we pulled up in our camper and he was standing outside and he said, you should take everything that's in your camper inside with you while you play. And we could already kind of tell it was like in a bad area of town. And I was like, no, oh, but, yeah. and I remember as we were unloading, you were like, Chloe, just wait in the camper until everything's loaded in and then come inside. We went in, I don't know why we did. I don't know why we stayed and played, but we did. And the sound guy was just kind of crazy all night long. And he, he fell very dramatically out of the sound booth onto the ground and got into <laughs> a screaming match with the bar owner saying that he was going to sue because he broke his leg. And then the sound man just left. He ran out of the venue and there was nobody in this bar. We were playing to an empty bar. So it was, it was just the, the owner who was also the bouncer, who was also the, the bartender. <laughs> and we just kept going. We kept playing because we didn't know what to do. And we were supposed <laughs> to play. So we just kept playing. Yeah. And then finally, a bunch of people came into the bar and they started dancing to our music. But we were we were very, very soft. Like we play soft folk music, but back then it was even softer because we didn't have Andy with. And when they started dancing, they like weren't dancing in the way normal people would dance to soft <laughs> folk music. And we came to the conclusion that the strip club across the street must have closed down because all these people that had come into the bar were strippers and they were <laughs> dancing, having a good time. But we were just this like soft folk band trying <laughs> to get our chicken wings. <laughs> Did you get your chicken wings? We did, yeah. Did. Okay. Good. The they basically overtook the bar and just started dancing, and we stopped playing and got our wings and left. They were good wings, you know. <laughs> well, as long as they were good, if they were worth it, and that's what counts. Side of songwriting and music, what other interests do you all have? Mine are all kind of lame. Been watching a lot of like a lot of videos and reading a lot about just like random things about history and like wars <laughs> which i don't know why that's t taken taken over my mind recently or like baseball like the new york yankees so they, it's the off season right now so i'm like looking at all like the transactions they make for players and everything and you're very much into history though that's cool that's i wish every time you talk about things i'm like i need to read more i don't know anything <laughs> well i'll start going about it and then like halfway through no matter who i'm talking to i'm like Making them fall asleep right now. <laughs> I, I said to my roommate the other day, I'm like, you know, Xi Jinping, a real rags to riches story, you know? He's like, Wait, what? I, in my free time, I like, I like taking up new hobbies. So I've been really into crocheting lately, making things that are pretty, I guess. So I love doing that. I love embroidering and I really love to bake. Oh, I love to take photos too. I, I bought a camera a few years ago, but I haven't had much time, but I used to be really into photography and take lots of pictures, but. Is it the Songbird album cover or? Yeah, yeah, a few of our album covers, our home one actually That's too. Right. That, one's, that one's kind of like a mixture of a couple things, but. For me, I have a, uh, I have a clownfish named Lyle. who's in a tank <laughs> over this way, but I can't. I've been, been painting and drawing quite a bit. But yeah, I guess just kind of art stuff is uh, is something I like to do, a hobby I like to do in my free time to escape the the music stuff, I guess. But yeah, quite a bit of our of our merch and and also like album or single covers online are also made by Noah. Yeah, we're very frugal in that aspect too. <laughs> yeah. We try to make everything ourselves. Art, and it's also like a 
cool thing for your fans to have, you know, yeah. that comes directly from you. That's yeah. really, that's really neat. Well, I find like those reading and then those creative endeavors really inform what I write about too. Like especially yeah. reading, but also like I like to paint and draw too recently that kind of picked up during COVID. And I, yeah. I feel like that kind of helps me stay creative when I don't feel like writing. Yeah. Oh yeah. Awesome. I so, feel like when, right. the quickest I'll write a song is if I learn a different song, you know, from some artist that I like. And then after I learned that, I'll be playing it a bunch. And then you like just move a couple things around. And then it's like, ah, oh, this is now my song. <laughs> <laughs> so now we're going to throw these three questions that we ask everybody on you. Who are your influences? I think our, our biggest musical influences, even though they, they weren't completely folk, you know, we're, we're very much inspired by by Beatles, of course. We're, we're all, we're all yeah. huge Beatles fans. <laughs> In the more recent decades, we're we're very much inspired by Gillian Welch and David Rawlings. They're they're kind of like the two at the tip of the pyramid, right? Also, Watch House used to be called Mandolin Orange. Big influences of ours as well. Milk Carton Kids, Andrew Bird, Punch yeah. Brothers, Punch Brothers for sure. Theo Katzman, he's an excellent excellent songwriter and drummer and guitarist and singer. He's like like a modern day Paul McCartney. Wilco as well. Oh, yeah. yeah. Big Jeff Tweedy fan for sure. James Jamerson. Joni Mitchell. Oh, oh yeah. Joni Mitchell. Crosby Stills Nash. Andy know. Shaw. Okay, so this one I think is a little harder. If you could tell us a favorite lyric or song that you have, and it could be one of yours or someone else's, and I know this is ever-changing, at least for us, um, what is it and why? Working on a cover of uh, High and Dry by Radiohead. Which Radiohead could have said, even though Radiohead's definitely not folk, they're like one of my favorite groups of all time. When I first started writing songs, they were kind of the the group that I really kind of tried to dissect their songs and see what was what was inside of them. But there's a lyric in High and Dry, you broke another mirror, you're turning into something that you are not. Radiohead's lyrics don't really make a lot of sense. <laughs> Reading that today when it was like right in front of me when I was working on it, I was like, I was like, whoa. That's that's a heavy lyric, so I guess that one's just been on my mind. I have two, and one of them Noah's going to be like, oh my gosh, because it's one of the songs that he's written, one of our songs. Um, but it's our it's the title track of our last album, Foxfield St. John. That song is like so special to me. I wouldn't say it's my favorite song of that album, but the lyrics are extremely special to me because I was going through a really, really hard time mentally the year that was written and that was written right after Noah and I had gone on a trip to Europe for a month and it was written in Ireland. I was just going through a really hard time and I every single time that I'm I'm going through a really difficult time I don't ever think that anybody around me can see how hard it is for me on the inside and as most people probably don't think that but then Noah just randomly one day came to me and he was like Chloe I want to show you this this song that I wrote, not even like saying what it's about. And maybe I interpreted the words selfishly to, to be about me, but the lyrics to the chorus are, it's so hard to see the brighter side of anything. You gotta keep on moving, try to live another day. And I just thought that was so beautiful. And that's, that's one of my favorite lines ever. But the next one, and we perform this song live, it's Hard Times by Gillian Welch. And just the chorus lyrics to that song are beautiful too, because I think it, what I love about Gillian Welch is that her lyrics and melodies are just so like timeless sounding, but they just sound like they've always existed. 
this has to be a traditional folk song that you don't even know who wrote it, but she wrote it. And, and her song, Hard Times, the refrain is hard times ain't going to rule my mind no more. And I think that's beautiful. They, the way they recorded that too, it yes. sounds like it should be. Sounds like oh, you're in the yeah. room with them. Yeah. Yeah. I'd say one of them is, is from a Theo Katzman song. It's like kind of centered around an old, I think it's a Tibetan proverb that kind of roughly translates to remember 100 years from now, all new people essentially like get over yourself because you're gonna be wow. like dead 100 years. And so it was like 100 years from now, no one will care about anything you ever did, anything you ever said. And if by chance they did, you were probably a jerk. And it's like, uh, all people will say is wait, what was their name? But actually, it's okay. Actually, it's great because no one's keeping score. So just get over you. Good to like remember. And then there's a Grateful Dead song called Brown Eyed Women. That's, I guess, long story short, it's about like this guy and like his his daughter passes away and so there's like a line that says delilah jones went to meet her god and the old man never was the same again and every time i hear that line it's just like okay question number three that we ask everyone is what advice would you give to new songwriters and or musicians i think Um, just just do it do it (laughs) pick your self-conscious self in the face say it doesn't matter (laughs) everything that i write is for some kind of practice not everything you write has to be has to be great which i feel like especially kind of getting out of i guess going from out of high school into college you know it's a very kind of vulnerable period in anybody's life and i was like i feel like i wasn't writing very many songs so i was like oh everything everything has to be perfect like you know we can't write a bad song you know, if a song's not going somewhere, it's just got to, you know, stop it and be done with it. But, of course, that's that's a ridiculous thing to think. That no matter what you're writing, no matter what you're working on, even if it doesn't become something that the world sees, it's still a step of the stair up, I guess. So so just keep on keep on doing it no matter what what you think. And also some of the some of the songs recently in the past past few years started off as as a, a song that that I thought would was going to be terrible we'd never go anywhere and t- it turned out to be be you know some of my favorite original tunes that we do yeah. yeah we were talking about like making the stroll down like voice memos from like years ago and if songs were like toy story there's probably like some songs are like sitting on like a cold shelf <laughs> for like a couple years and it's like oh oh this wasn't so bad like what i there, they're know. waiting yeah. to be picked yeah <laughs> yeah i think having like a strong um support system around you too because i so many times I feel like, I mean, songwriting, making music, performing, all of that's a very vulnerable thing to do. And you could hate, absolutely hate something. Like, for example, Noah hates a lot of the music that he writes and he'll he'll finish a song and he'll be like, we're never playing this. I don't like this song. And then I'm like, I love this song. This is so beautiful. Like as an outside perspective, I think this is wonderful. And a lot of those songs are because I said that I liked them because one person told you that they liked it. Now we play them. But also on the going hand in hand with that, don't take what people say too seriously because if you love something and you show it to someone and they don't care for it, that that shouldn't be the end of the world. That should still be something that you love. It should be a sparkle to you in any kind of way. So now just throw in when you're listening to music, try to keep like whether it's like a mental note or like even like on a notes app, if it, something like excites you and then try to learn like those songs 
and then like find other people to like play those songs with at least for me that's like caused like the most like aha like moments like oh this idea helps me not think of music as, as like ones and zeros or like theory oh this is the you know that Jimi hendrix chord instead of being like oh that's a e7 blah, 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 and all that fantastic advice i love it we would love for you to shamelessly plug anything you have coming up well we started a patreon it is up and running and it's on our website we started a patreon in order to help fund our new album that we're making in march using patreon as a platform to kind of share our our processes i guess for for how we you know we do a lot of cover videos on our 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 social media pages and so we'll kind of you know be diving into how we do the arrangements and how we get them down and and kind of um do maybe doing some some videos on on making some of the demos for our our newest album and one else we'll kind of doing be doing some deep dives so sharing maybe so if, artwork yeah maybe artwork suggestions and stuff like that yeah so if people want to want to follow along with our journey and and help us uh make the album they can subscribe to our patreon yeah. yeah we only have one tier it's five dollars a month because we're so indecisive we don't know no. so we're just gonna put it all together <laughs> do you have plans for tour yet or not yet for next year yeah we're, we're we've been working on well, i guess these two have been working on our upcoming tours we would love for you to play a song for us if you want to tell us what it is and we haven't uh nice okay perfect all right yes me so th- this is the song from the uh the West Virginia story. So here's a uh, West Virginia rain. West Virginia rain. Misty mountains calling out my name. West Virginia rain Falling down to take away my pain I see it in your eyes You are alone and terrified Thought that leaving home Would guide a little more into your life Brother in distress I think it's time you take a rest On a bitterness has settled in Let yourself become so blind West Virginia rain Misty mountains calling out my name West Virginia rain Falling down to take away my pain Seeping into your head Drying your somber eyes Does the rainfall take you back to simpler times? Calling your name, but it's not the same
You can stream music, uh, Spotify, all of that. And then we always say, please go see them live because yeah. that's more important than the streaming business. So they have amazing <laughs> merch and they put on an amazing show. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks, y'all. Thank you. Thank, thank you, you all so, so much, much for your time, great. for your music and inspiration. It was so much fun for Bethany and I to talk to the Wildwoods. They're such genuine and talented humans. We loved talking with them and we hope that you listeners can go check them out when they come by your way. If you like this podcast, please share it with your friends and family and post it to your social media and be sure to like, rate, and review. If you're a musician and you want to be interviewed on our podcast, please email us at Nashville Hot Chicken Music at gmail.com. We'll look forward to hearing from you and hope y'all look forward to hearing from us. Thanks for listening to Sisters in Song.